Hello everyone and welcome to the Hi-Hat Film Podcast, a comical and critical look at the world of film, episode number 24, and it's another opportunity for a film to be submitted into the illustrious Hi-Hat Hall of Fame. Last week we had Hi-Hatter James Tarrant on the show where he submitted a case for the very first fan-submitted entry into the Hall of Fame, and he submitted the anime classic Princess Mononoke, which I willingly accepted into the Hall of Fame where it will sit pride in place alongside my own submission, The Big Lebowski. This week on the show we have a film I'm very, very excited to get an opportunity to talk about. It is the 1973 horror classic Theatre of Blood starring the legend that is Vincent Price. And joining me to talk about it this week is, in a glorious piece of cross-promotion, we have Mr. Mark Donaldson joining me, fellow film reviewer, fellow film podcaster from the Two Guys What Work in a Cinema podcast. So he was very generous enough to sit down and take the time to talk to me about this film. And he submits the case for this classic film, which sees an insane Shakespearean actor seek a bloody vengeance against the critics of wrongdom. And you have Vincent Price in the lead role as Edward Lionheart, uh, an actor who's so so convinced of his work that it drives him to murder. And to quote one of the film's protagonists, he has the temerity to rewrite Shakespeare while committing his acts of revenge. It is a film that has gained a lot of attention in the past. It's been described by Alan Jones of the Radio Times as the magnum opus of Vincent Price's film career. This stylish, witty comedy horror boasts an irresistible premise, an inspired ensemble cast, fabulous music, and first-rate production values. And well, all that may be true, is that going to be enough to see it submitted into one of the most sought-after places in film, one of the most illustrious awards, and that is a place in the Hi-Hat Film Hall of Fame. Whether or not it is going to make it there, that entirely stands up to Mr. Mark Donaldson and the case he makes for it. So before he has a chance to take it away, just to give you a bit of an idea of what the film is all about, here's a little bit of the trailer. Edward Lionheart truly believed he was the greatest actor of his time. So when these eight professional critics laughed at his work... Lionheart, what the hell do you want here? Quite insane. It hurt him so deeply... Oh, my God. ...he killed himself. Then a strange thing began to happen. One by one, the critics themselves were murdered. I'm sorry to have missed the meeting, but my heart is with you. Can't believe it. His head cut off. They died dramatically. They died spectacularly. They died terribly. They died grotesquely. They died horribly. Their deaths were so bizarre, so unusual, it was almost as if Edward Lionheart had come back from the grave to create them. But of course, Edward Lionheart was dead. So that was impossible. Oh, impossible! Or was it? Good day, Mr. Devlin. Come fire, consume this happy world. 
And in its ashes, let my memory lie. There is a seat reserved for you in the theater of blood. But warning, Vincent Price truly believes this is the most shocking and terrifying performance of his career. For your own safety, you'd better like it. Theater of Blood. And so now I'm really excited to welcome our next guest to the show as we have another fan interaction and another hi-hatter submitting their own film for the next entry into the Hi-Hat Hall of Fame. So I'm very pleased to welcome onto the show now uh, Mr. Mark Donaldson. Hello, Mark. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Uh, delighted to have you. For, for people that don't know, Mark is a contributor on uh, the radio show that I used to do and uh, has a podcast of his own, a film podcast. Uh, so a little bit of a... Uh, Cross promotion going on here, Mark. Good to good to have that going. Well, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what podcasting is all about, really. I think so. Yeah, I'm de- delighted to have you on uh, f- from the two guys. What work in a cinema podcast where you and your mate Stuart you review all the new releases um, in a way competition, but you know, happy to promote you guys. So happy, happy to have you on. Excellent. And uh, so the film that you are submitting for consideration to a place in the Hi-Hat Hall of Fame, it would be the third film to go in. Uh, The first film inducted, of course, was The Big Lebowski, which was my own pick, because as you know, Mark, the only reason you get into podcasting is for basically indulging your own ego. So I put in... I'm obviously going to put in my own favourite film. But uh, on last week's show, we also had the submission of uh, Princess Monomoki, from uh, one of our high hatters, so that was the the first high hat sub, high hatter submitted film into the podcast. So, uh, what could potentially be the third film going in this week, Mark? It is the 1973 film Theatre of Blood, starring Vincent Price. No further questions. It's in. Congratulations. Love that film. Uh, no, we'll we'll do all. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, you've come all this way. We'll let you uh, plead a case for it. But spoiler alert: I absolutely love that film. So I think it's a, uh, unless unless you. So you've got an open net here, Mark. Unless unless I somehow talk you out of it. Yeah, if, unless you manage to convince me somehow that this film is actually a stinker, uh, we should be okay. But before we get to that, Mark, we do have our round of quick fire questions that I want to throw at you just to determine that you are in fact worthy of submitting a film to the High Hall of Fame. So. Got ten questions for you. It's just uh, two. You know, you got a couple of choices on here. Don't think about it too much, and it's just really getting your preferences to see uh, where you stand and whether we can even let you submit a film. If that's all right with you, that's fine. Go for it. This could be a very short podcast. <laughs> it could well be. All right. First up, Steven Spielberg or Christopher Nolan? Christopher. No, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Obviously okay. Spielberg. All right. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth or David Bowie's Labyrinth? David Barry's Labyrinth. Stormtroopers or orcs? Stormtroopers. Westerns or musicals? Westerns. David Tennant or Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Volcano or... I haven't seen him. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Uh, Volcano or Dante's Peak? <laughs> Dante's Peak has Brosnan in it. Yeah. Dante's Peak. Fair enough. More than Tommy Lee Jones and... Yeah. And Hesh. Um, all right. Uh, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, or Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man? Um, if we're taking it purely on Spider-Man, uh, Andrew Garfield. If we're not taking it purely as Spider-Man? Probably still Andrew Garfield. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Ray, Peter, Egon, or Winston? Oh, uh, Peter. 
Okay. Uh, IMAX or Cinemascope? Ooh. Uh, Cinemascope, go old school. Yeah, the uh, series of anamorphic lenses that uh, are used to shoot widescreen movies from the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, I agree with that too. Good choice. And your final one, and this could be the, the breaker... Police Academy, Police Academy 2, their first assignment. Police Academy 3, back in training. Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. Or Police Academy, Mission to Moscow. Well, you know, I've got a lot of fondness for City Under Siege, but I think we'll go original and Police <laughs> Police Academy. All right, interesting. Uh, my favourite from that one is Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach, because that features two semicolons in it. And it doesn't have Steve Gutenberg in it, so you know. Before semicolons and franchise films were cool as well, so that's <laughs> they really they really set the trend. All right, Mark, thanks for that. I think we can establish that you are worthy, in fact, to submit Theater of Blood as as a film I'll in our high ass Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, as you know, you've got the the open net to shoot for. So, why don't you kick us off by giving us a bit of a summary of the plot? Okay, well. Um... Vincent Price plays, um, oh God, I've forgotten his first name, Ed, Edward, Edward Lyon. Not off Edward to a Lionheart. good start here, man. <laughs> I'll take that again, I'll start again. <laughs> uh, Vincent Price plays Edward Lionheart, uh, a theatrical actor um, who was basically known for only really ever playing Shakespeare plays, um, for which he was kind of derided by critics. And um, one year he is overlooked for an award that he believes that he deserves um, by this critic circle and proceeds to throw himself off a balcony into the Thames, you know. As you do. As, as you might do, as you might do. It's a tragic thing to be overlooked for an award, as, I'm, as you know, as me and you get overlooked for the Sonys every year. Constantly overlooked, every year. But thankfully, neither of us have thrown ourselves into the Thames yet. Not yet. We'll see how um, this episode goes. <laughs> And then, as a couple of years later, critics from that circle begin, you know, to be bumped off by. I mean, it's not a spoiler alert because he's in it right from the start. By uh, the resurrected Edward in the manner of uh, the Shakespeare plays he covered in his last season. Yes. So that's a little summary of the of the of the film. And have you done your homework? Do you, can you remember all of the plays that are referenced in this? I watched it this afternoon, so Julius Caesar, yep. uh, it's in no order, the Titus Andronicus, Indeed. Um, Othello. This won't affect your placing if you don't get it right. This okay, isn't... okay. Othello, yep. uh, Richard II? I think it's the third. Is it Richard III? Yes, it is Richard III, yeah. Uh, Henry VI? Part one, or Part maybe, one. maybe not. Hamlet? Uh, King Lear and <laughs> there's a couple I'd never heard of is Troilus and Cressida in there I can't yeah I think that's like the second one. Oh, and the Merchant of Venice as well of course oh yeah a pound of flesh a pound of flesh alright so excellently summarised so why do you love this film I love this I, it, the reason I love this film kind of goes back to the first time I ever saw it which was in the cameo cinema in Edinburgh uh, on a late night screening uh, of a 35mm print, which um, was so well used and worn <laughs> that in the scene in the hairdresser salon, like sort of towards the end, uh, it just goes red for the, somewhat aptly for the, <laughs> for the whole period. And just sitting there in that, and you know, because you know the cameo main screen is quite an atmospheric 
cinema screen. And to watch this old school horror film in those surroundings was fantastic. And it's so it's got this kind of it was with a good, good group of people as well. And it's just got that kind of nostalgic uh, connection for me as well. So that's kind of one of the reasons I love it. And also, it's just so entertaining it is. and funny. And, you know, it's kind of I've got a big, big uh, love for horror films that can make you laugh. Mm hmm you know, and that aren't, na- like, nasty in that kind of cynical way. Yeah. You know, this is just good fun. Um, so, yeah, that's that. those are sort of the two main reasons I love it. Now, when you went to see it, did you know much about the film? Did you know what you were getting yourself in for? I didn't, I have to say. Um, it was somebody text me, a friend of mine, an American student at the time, uh, visiting Edinburgh, and they said, you know, we're going to see this film tonight, Theatre of Blood at the cameo, uh, Vincent Price. And I said, okay, Vincent Price. I know a bit Vincent Price. At that point, only really the thriller video, (laughs) uh, the original Fly, and that episode of The Simpsons where Lisa and Marge find the... The egg painting kit. I think that's, um, that introduced a whole new generation to this. <laughs> so yeah, went along and was just blown away by just how much fun it was. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. And again, I saw it under kind of similar circumstances. I didn't know very much about it. I watched it as part of like a university course I was doing right. in film journalism. And we had to watch a film every week and then we had to go write a review of it. So they wouldn't tell us beforehand, except for maybe like half an hour before. So I just had time to do a quick IMDb search when they said, oh, it's going to be Theatre of Blood. So I looked it up, thought, oh, yeah, Vincent Price could be interesting. And like you, I just like... It starts off kind of like dark and creepy and then it just kind of, it keeps that going but morphs into something that, you know, the amount of times my jaw kind of fell to the floor and I would just be sort of like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. It's just crazy. It is. And I mean, it's every time Vincent Price turns up as a completely different character because obviously he disguises himself throughout the course of the film. He is a master of disguise, it has to yeah. be said. They just seem to get more and more elaborate and more and more flamboyant and ridiculous as the film goes on. You know, at the beginning, he's a creepy policeman. And then sort of towards the end, he's this outrageously camp hairdresser that's flirting with a police officer assigned to protect the critic. It's yeah, it's amazing. And just a powerhouse sort of performance. It's just, yeah, how far do you go in the space of that hour? Because, like, the first time he's the policeman and you sort of see him in the shadows and you don't realise it's him until, like, the reveal of the end of that scene. And then, you know, and then he he comes up the stairs and he's wearing a massive Afro wig. He seems to be wearing an Elvis Presley jumpsuit. And, yeah, it's just... yeah, I, I, how far do have we come in the space of an hour? Well, he's so he's so good at it that I kind of forgive the really dodgy Scottish accent he has. <laughs> Is it... Is it Scottish? Uh, it's definitely Scottish. I'm sure it's Scottish, where he's just like, Officer, I think uh, Mr. Saltry is murdering his wife. That's one of my favourite scenes of the whole film, because the response the officer then gives is, Oh, OK. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, it is ridiculous. And um, so with that, I mean, how it's a, it is a horror film. It's... It is spooky, it is scary, it is violent, but it does have this absurd comedy, and we see it quite a lot where, like, well, you can spoof comedy, and you can spoof horror, I mm. should say, and, and you know, it, it's not scary at all, but I feel like this kind of balances out the absurd comedy with the horror better than most. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's they've just got that tonal balance absolutely spot on. 
Um, and I mean, there's. I think one of the perfect examples is the scene where he's removing the head of yeah. much loved uh, British actor Arthur Lowe, um, and there's a bit where he asks for a bucket to um, contain the blood, and he just gives this look to camera that just reduces you to just like fits of laughter, just while this horrific act is being committed in front of you it's it is superb yeah it's and you know we've we've talked about this film for about we're almost at the 10 minute mark of yet and and we are we have yet to mention the uh trampoline sword fight well i mean any film that features a tramp like a sword fight on trampolines come on it's got to go in your hall of fame surely just for that well you make a very compelling argument um so with that so we've talked about your own love for i mean why Mm -hmm. why does it deserve to go in the the hi-hat hall of fame other than the fact that you really really like it it's obviously in terms of the cast, it's a great kind of display of, of British talent. You know, Arthur Lowe, uh, Diana Rigg, Robert Morse. Uh, there's loads of fantastic actors in it. Um, so, you know, that kind of, as a snapshot of British acting talent, is very good. Um, like People like Eric Sykes as well, just making cameos as detectives and stuff like that. It's, it's a great piece for that. Also, it's a big influence on the League of Gentlemen. Right. Um so, you know, Mark Gatiss, uh, Steve Pemberton, Reese Shearsmith, uh, Jeremy Dyson, who are all now quite influential figures in terms of television in this country. Um, so, you know, it's quite nice to go back and see what's kind of inspired, certainly the League of Gentlemen as, as a show. Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, because the line, um, we'll have no trouble here, was taken from the opening of Theatre of Blood, where um, he deals with the vagrants and says, come on, come on, we'll have no trouble here. Ah, well, there you go. I didn't know that. Um, so League of League of uh, I was going to say League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen. Uh, that's definitely an influence. Is it fair to say that without Theatre of Blood, we wouldn't have Seven and we wouldn't have the Saw franchise? <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, also, I mean, it's worth mentioning the the two films Vincent Price did before this, which were uh, The Abominable Doctor Fibes and Doctor Fibes Rises Again, um, which are similar things in that he plays a plastic surgeon. Uh, and in the first film, he's murdering people in the sort of inspired by the seven deadly sins. No, it's not the seven deadly sins. That's seven. What am I talking about? The Ten Commandments, right? Uh, and the plagues that were sort of set on the on the pharaohs. Um, so, like a plague of frogs. Uh, there's a man murdered by a, a frog mask that kind of tightens around his neck and throttles him to death. Um, so, the, sort of companion pieces, really. Um, but yeah, I think you know that kind of murder theme themed murder i guess is yeah maybe it is quite an influence on on seven uh if not you know stylistically certainly in terms of you know the plot but it has this like other other thing it's almost like the british stab at these slasher films that were going on at about that time where you kind of had this the the killer the villain the the, the bad guy who you you kind of end up rooting for i mean the the his victims are all made out to be fairly detestable even ian henry's peregrine devlin which must be one of the the worst character names for any uh <laughs> protagonist in any film but he, yeah you almost end up rooting for the mass murdering like, delusional actor absolutely because they are all painted as quite horrendous i mean that's the, you know the scene where he he is overlooked for the award and he comes in to confront them and they're all laughing at him while he's kind of wandering along this balcony. And it's they are all painted as quite 
despicable people and quite unpleasant people. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely rooting for Vincent Price throughout the course of that whole film, which is something I guess you know it is continued in horror films. I mean, I don't know if you root for Jason or Freddy well... quite as much. I mean, Freddy's certainly in terms of charisma and, and stuff like that certainly yes you know he does share something with vincent price in that in that regard well yeah i mean you don't get the victims coming back very often in the sequels where you know everyone just wants yeah. to see the bad guy back and exactly. i would have loved to have seen uh, edward kendall sheridan lionheart making his return in numerous sequels he could have taken on other playwrights and yeah. <laughs> tried bumping people off in the style of of other people i, <laughs> I think that would have been more worth seeing as well You've made a, a very strong case. I absolutely love this film, and so do a lot of people. I mean, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a ninety-six percent uh, wow. percent from the from the critical reviews, obviously. And that's... well, those are, those are some critics that certainly aren't going to be bumped off in the no in the manner of murders from Theatre of Blood. Yeah, I think one I read one one review where someone said Douglas Hickox has uh, succeeded in making a critic-proof movie or something. So, which well, I bought I bought the Blu-ray the other day, and uh, in that book they've got some sort of excerpts from the press book, and there's a great. Um, picture of this of a critic in a cinema seat with a spear through his chest and it said this critic didn't like theater of blood why not take your seat and there's like an empty seat next to him <laughs> oh that's great i mean yeah and it was funny I, I i liked the fact that it was a course on film journalism and they were showing us this and like it, it does balance out the the horror and the the comedy really well because i mean we've mentioned we've touched on the uh trampolining sword fight which is an, just an yeah. absolutely ridiculous scene because you've got this confrontation between the, the big bad guy and supposedly the, the hero of the story and it's their first confrontation and they have this kind of epic sword fight but it's, it's set in a high school gym and like yeah. there's basketball hoops and there's just like the little, the little uh, gymnastic sets that you pull out from the wall so you can yeah. climb up it and swing from a rope but and so it's completely ridiculous but then towards the end of it he gets this kind of monologue about the actors and like the pain and suffering they go through and how the critics just come along and just dismiss all of these hours of hard work and yeah. blood, sweat and tears with like the stroke of a pen. And I just thought, well, that's that there's something really, really interesting in that. There's something really special about that. And I don't know about you. I mean, I having chosen like film criticism as an avenue, I want to kind of go down. I've had, I've had a couple of like sleepless nights where I'm just like, well, who am I? You know, even the worst films, people have, given you know years of their life to bring this to the screen and here's me just sort of sitting back and in 300 words just completely dismissing it yeah I, well i mean there's some films that i think you know like need for speed yeah well there's yeah. There, there are i think we can both agree i don't think any of us lost any sleep over doing that no i mean of, there a are of, a kicking. of course there are cynical nasty pieces of crap that deserve to have the shit torn yeah. out of them but yes but I, I suppose if a director's put their heart and soul into something and it, it comes out that it's not very good but you can see that there is some sort of passion or hard work going into that then yeah you do feel a bit bad kind of giving it a bit of a hard time but then you know. <laughs> but then you know. But and like, what I couldn't decide is whether Edward Lionheart was a really good actor, or and the critics were wrong, or yeah, I, I couldn't make up my mind yeah. about that. But that's just because it's Vincent Price, and he's just yeah, and he's having it up, fantastic, and he's absolutely <laughs> loving it. 
It's it's brilliant. Yeah, well, it's one of his favorite films of his career. I think you know he's he's on record as saying he just absolutely adored doing it. Yeah, I think Diana Rigg and Ian Henry kind of spoke out with that as well. And Vincent Price, I think, ended up marrying one of yes. the actresses that played one of the female critics in it as well. So good for him. A good good time was had by him on that one. Well, there's another reason to put it in the Hall of Fame. It's a it's a love story as well. You know, <laughs> well, you've made a good case for me. It's one of these films where I found it absolutely hilarious, entertained from start to finish. There's some great acting. I think it's got a cracking score. I think it's really bold filmmaking from Douglas Hitchcock. There's some really, I, I like the, the skewed angles that really kind of give this trippy trope to it. And you have like this army of meth drinking homeless men that are doing his bidding, and there's something kind of there's something really kind of sinister about that as well. Do you know what I find great is that on the credits there is a credit for the choreographer of of the meth drinkers. <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't know because I don't I, and I think you know in modern cinema now our meth drinkers just aren't choreographed enough. I mean, yeah, that if you're ever going to put a scene that has lots of meth drinkers in it and you don't have somebody there choreographing it, then you're doomed. You're yeah. doomed before you even begin. Yeah. All right. Well, you've made a very good case, Mark, and you clearly are very fond of this film, as am I. It's uh, bloody as hell. It's good fun. It's uh, had great influences from from a British perspective, but also, you know, I, I don't think we would have David Fincher's Seven, which is one of my favorite films. Mm. And your final point, I think, really tipped the scales with the it, it was a, really a, a vessel for love for Vincent Price and his future wife. And for that reason, Mark, I am delighted that I can include Theatre of Blood into the Hi-Hat Hall of Fame. Oh, fantastic. It's, it's like it's like a good natured room 101 this it's good yeah it's good well I'm, I'm thinking of doing a segment where I give you like two minutes to just really rip the piss out of a film as well but uh, we'll, we'll maybe save that for your second time coming on okay alright alright well thank you very much Mark it has been an absolute pleasure having you on delighted that we could put Theatre of Blood in the Hi-Hat Hall of Fame alongside the Big oh, Lebowski right. and Princess Monomoki uh, for listeners, two guys what work in the cinema. It's a cracking podcast. Uh, you cover a lot of great stuff. You've got a good chat about it. I agree with most of the stuff that you've, you put in there. I thought you were a bit hard on old Sp- The Amazing Spider-Man too, but uh, well, maybe. <laughs> that was so much fun to record, I have to say. I, I, it was I, like therapy. I loved listening to it. Uh, you guys, you don't hold back, and I really enjoy that. <laughs> so, Mark Donaldson, for submitting Theatre of Blood, we, we do thank you, and we give you a tip of the hi-hat. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. The Hi-Hat Hall of Fame. And I'm sick of the Hi-Hat! Well, what a great show that was. It's an absolute pleasure and a joy to have Mark on the show with me. He's a, a guy who I can, and in many cases have, had film conversations that have lasted many, many hours. So always great to sit there and have a good gab about him. And I'm always a deeply, deeply impressed and always a, a keen admirer of his encyclopedic knowledge of film. And I think that, that was definitely reflected in his knowledge of not only theatre of blood, but also kind of Vincent Price's other back catalogue. So a big, big thank to Mark for joining us this week. And I would be remiss once again if I didn't uh, mention that Two Guys What Work in a Cinema podcast, which uh, Mark co-hosts with his friend Stuart. They review a lot of the new releases in cinema and they do it in a very succinct and uh, well-thought-out manner. And they, they really don't hold their punches. So when they like what they like and what they hate, they really hate and they let you know all about it. So definitely check that out. It's available on iTunes. And you can also follow Mark at Two guys cinema on twitter and with that in mind a bit of 
housekeeping now before we finish up for the show. If if you enjoy what we do and if you want to be a part of it and if indeed you want to submit your own film for consideration into the Hi-Hat Hall of Fame, there are a couple of ways that you can do it. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Clancy Hi-Hat, and you can have a direct link to me there. But you can also get involved with the fun over on Facebook. We've got an ever-growing community there on our Facebook page, so you can go along there and join up, and that is at facebook.com forward slash hi-hat film review and if you give us a wee like there you can definitely post on there you can also get in touch with me directly if you want to get involved if there's a film that you love and you feel like you want to come on the podcast and just gab about it for half an hour or so putting the case forward to, to see if it can earn a place in the hi-hat hall of fame always looking for people to do that and if you want to catch up on past episodes of the podcast as well or if you want to read any of our written reviews hi-hat filmreview.tumblr.com is the place to go for that. Well, that's about it for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the the chat about Theatre of Blood and uh, well, really the last word has to be if you have not seen this film, as you might have got from our conversation myself and Mark absolutely love it and I couldn't recommend it highly enough. If you just like this weird mix of comedy and dark, dark violence and really, really creepy horror and some fantastic performances from from some of the great British talent from yesteryear, check out Theatre of Blood, uh, available on Amazon and also, I believe, on YouTube if you if you know the right places to look. So check that out. That's about it from me. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back in a week or so when another fan will be submitting another possible entry into the Hi-Hat Film Hall of Fame. But until then, thanks very much for listening. Tip of the hi-hat to y'all and take care. Are you doing the furniture?